0: Welcome to Room Escape Divas. This week, we are so excited to welcome back David and Lisa Spira of Room Escape Artist.
1: On the first day of Christmas, my game master gave to me the location of a hidden key. On the second day of Christmas, my game master gave to me only two flashlights, the location of a hidden key. On the third day of Christmas, my game master gave to me three hints for asking, two flashlights, and the location of a hidden key. On the fourth day of Christmas, my game master gave to me four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking, two flashlights, the location of a hidden key. On the fifth day of Christmas, my game master gave to me five-letter words like dance. Four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking, two flashlights, and the location of a hidden key. On the sixth day of Christmas, my game master gave to me six locks, but one answer, five letter words like death. Four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking, two flashlights, and the location of a hidden key. On the seventh day of Christmas, my game master gave to me seven leaps of logic, six slots but one answer, five-letter words like death. Four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking, two flashlights, and the location of a hidden key. On the eighth day of Christmas, my game master gave to me eight players in a small game, seven leaps of logic, six slots but one answer, five-letter words Four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking, two flashlights and the location of a hidden key. On the ninth day of Christmas, my game master gave to me nine-piece ten-gram puzzle, eight players in a small game, seven leaps of logic, six thoughts, but what answer? Five letter words like death. Four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking, two flashlights and the location of a hidden key. On the tenth day of Christmas, my game master gave to me Ten more minutes playing, 90 anagram puzzle Eight players in a small game, seven leaps of logic Six locks, but one answer, five letter words like death Four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking Two flashlights in the location of a hidden key On the eleventh day of Christmas, my game master gave to me Eleven rules to follow, ten more minutes playing, nine piece, ten grand puzzle Eight players in a small game, seven leaps of logic, six locks but one answer Five letter words like death, four numbers for a combo Three hints for asking, two flashlights and the location of a hidden key the twelfth day of Christmas, my game master gave to me twelve spots a search with blacklight, eleven rules to follow, ten more minutes playing, nine piece, ten grand puzzle, eight players in a small game, seven leaps of logic, six months, but whatever. Five-letter words like death. Four numbers for a combo, three hints for asking two flashlights, and the location of a hidden key. The location of a hidden Yay!
2: <sighs> now, Mike and Ruby aren't here. My name is Errol, actually. I'm Amanda. And Mike and Ruby aren't here because... It's Mike's birthday! During this recording, it is Mike's birthday, and for some reason, he'd rather celebrate his birthday than hang out and do podcasts with us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. Jeez.
2: I, I, although, I think Ruby had something planned, so... Yeah. And he, I think we told him at the last minute... Or he wasn't... I think he saw it on the calendar. He saw it on the calendar.
0: (laughs) That's
2: all well and good. Anyway, we do have David and Lisa. Hello, David and Lisa. Hello. Hello. I don't know if we should introduce them, because we've had them on now like seven times.
0: It's like our annual tradition. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Every December. But just in case... uh, They
2: are David and Lisa Spira of Room Escape Artists. You may know them from such places as TV and the Internet...
0: <laughs> it's just in general <laughs> yeah. turn on the TV and David and Lisa
2: Spira up. and Lisa Spira, just sitting there doing escape room things oh wait oh maybe like print media that too I forgot about print media okay <laughs> Twitter, Twitter yeah and they are the North American bloggers of escape rooms and
0: wow this is going well i know you're you're losing a lot
3: of steam there buddy
0: (laughs) yeah just uh, escape rooms they do uh they do them yeah yeah um
2: and they have so many things to announce but at the same time they've done so many things in the past year and we're happy to have you on welcome david and lisa again Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah, we've had a, a wild year. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. So I hope you know where to start because... Oh, there's notes. It, there are notes. That's right. It's been... There's there's all sorts of things.
0: So yeah, no, you guys have had... I, I, it's just been... Like you said, it's been crazy mm. this year. So I don't know if we want to start with the, the biggest announcement that you have.
2: Yeah, let's... We want to work
0: our way uh, up to it, but... I, I, I was let's, let's come out it. the gates
2: with this thing. Sounds great,
0: okay, so you guys are starting your own conference yeah. called recon
3: convention yeah the reality escape convention this is a thing that's kind of been in the works for a little bit, and uh, we've been at we've been supporting conferences all over the world for years now, and um, we just kind of reached a point where we thought we had something to say. We, we had really been, ha- we have been very content supporting. But um, we had
4: a vision. But we had a vision. what we thought an escape room conference could be. Um, the conference that we think this industry is looking for. Um, a conference, um, it became a convention as we started working on this. Um, it's really going to be about community, um, about meeting people and sharing ideas and learning from each other. And it's coming to Boston, August 23rd and 24th, 2020.
3: 2020.
4: That is exciting.
3: We've been uh, putting most of our time into that and still managing to never miss a day publishing. But uh, we've put a staggering (laughs) amount of time. We have a team on board supporting this whole thing as well. So it's also nice for us to actually be working with, with other people and not... Just cranking almost everything out on Room Escape Artist ourselves, although
2: we do have a couple writers there now too. And the great thing is, is that you have pe- experienced people it, running the con. Not that you're not experienced people, but you know, it's not just you two hoping for the best.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I, we, you know, we know escape room conventions, but we haven't run one before. So we brought on Erica Nordamer, who uh, is it, her job is. Organizing conferences and conventions, and she's Canadian. She's Canadian, and uh, she's also designed some some escape rooms, so she she knows the she knows the industry, and uh, she is she is our uh, benevolent overlord.
4: We have a wonderful team of folks, and anyone who comes to the convention will get to meet them. We have Augie doing marketing and Cindy doing attendee relations, Teresa doing speaker. Uh, doing sponsor and exhibitor relations and Brendan doing tech. Um, it's a good group.
3: It's a great group. And we just put up bios for all of them onto the recon website, uh, realityescapeconvention.com. Uh, and we just put their bios up the other night and they're all like so crazy smart and talented and have such amazing backgrounds that we're just honored that they wanna work with us. Uh,
2: it's, it's, it's a
3: really great team and we also have a lot of fun working together.
2: So that's, that's amazing because it's, it's great to see a, a conference put on by enthusiasts and people who are passionate about the industry. But since there are a number of conferences out there, do you hope to bring anything different to the escape room industry with your conference? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the
3: difference is what this is really about. Uh, if we were going to go and produce more of the same, then we would not, uh, because more of the same isn't what's needed. There's going to be an underlying theme for this, and that is producing great games in a sustainable way. We're looking to use this convention to push to push an agenda of of, of great design and sustainable business models. Because we're actually afraid by the budget creep that we have seen uh, throughout the industry where everything is turning into these, at least on the upper end, and the most celebrated games in a lot of places are these games that have ludicrous budgets that can't really... The the question that we keep coming, up, coming back to is how many of those can be supported? How many companies can... Can put down $150,000 or more in some cases to build out these crazy games. Uh, We're in our travels, and we, you know, we love those games, and we certainly celebrate them. But one of the things that we have found in our travels is that there are a lot of really wonderful creators uh, and phenomenal games that are doing it for a fraction of the budget. So we really want to use the convention to peel apart the elements of design and help creators identify what is going to give them the most bang for their buck. Um, It's awesome when you go to a game like Cutthroat Cavern and there's a freaking waterfall, like that's really cool. Um, But you don't need to have that to have an incredible game. Um, And so we wanna be able to to really help people hone in on how to build these games effectively, both, both for the players and for the sustainability of their business. Um, but there are, there are other differences as well. Um,
4: One of the main differences is that a lot of these conferences that you go to in this industry and other industries is just talk after talk after talk, and you don't really get a chance to take any of that in and digest it for yourself and what it means to your business and your experience. So what we're going to have as part of this convention um, is interludes of discussion sections, really. Discussion groups that are moderated and that are based on the talks and pulled from the talks that help you meet other people and take some of these concepts and apply them back and think critically about how they're going to work for you. When you're in these groups, sometimes you'll be the person with the most experience who's helping other people. Sometimes you'll be the person who this is a whole new concept for, and you're learning from other people who've worked with it in different ways. Sometimes you'll be the person with that really great story of what happened in your room. And it'll be a chance um, to think about these in a new way.
3: Yeah, one of the things that we've noticed, not just at escape room conferences, at all conferences is if you are really engaged in the talks you go to one in the morning and it's like okay i just learned a whole lot there this is great and then you go to another and another and another and you just go from one drinking from one fire hose to the to the next and by the end of the day you can't even remember that great thing that you learned in the morning because at no point in this experience have you had a chance to sit down and talk about these ideas, to digest them, to figure out what they mean to you, to your business, to your creations, and we want to correct that, and we want to use these, uh, use this conference model to. To, to push people to meet people that they wouldn't otherwise know. So we're going to use, we're, we're going to be using this to create um, some moments of serendipity, to allow people to meet folks they never would have, to have conversations that they otherwise never would have had, and to be able to learn from each other. Instead of another thing that we've noticed is that a lot of these conferences tend to get really clicky and people who are friends and who know each other well have played each other's games um, they all start to kind of meet and form these exclusive groups and we're well, you know it's great that people are friends and that they're seeing each other and that's that's And we fantastic. have a lot of
4: friends and we love to go see them and hang out with them. Right.
3: Um, and we want to create a space for that but we also want to have an opportunity for people to just meet people they've never met before and see what connections they can form um
4: which has also been one of our favorite experiences at every escape room event we've gone to big or small um the balance between seeing our friends and meeting new friends
2: that's amazing so where can people find out more information about this we just repeated reality escape convention.com awesome and that's happening in august of 2020 i hope to go that sounds cool yeah that's focus sounds more business industry related and that's fine that's towards owners
0: well i really like your point about building to your to your budget right that's been something i've been trying to sort of well whenever whenever i i, I talk to other owners and stuff and they talk about The themes they want to do and I say there are interesting things you can do with a smaller less grandiose theme it doesn't mean that it doesn't you don't have to do the biggest thing to have the best game
3: yeah one of the things that I keep coming back to is this notion that it's something I I, it's from it's from first aid uh, is that you should if the first thing that you should do if you see someone injured is that you should check the scene and make sure that it's safe for you to approach and help the person. And it's one of those, it's a concept I keep coming back to in all sorts of different eras and places in my life is this, this notion that whatever you're doing, the first thing you should be doing is making sure that it is safe for you. And that's kind of what, one of the things that I really want to be helping people out with this is I just feel like everywhere I go, the conversations are about how to build more elaborate sets and more elaborate technology. And those things are both fantastic. They're, they're great. They're wonderful tools to have in the toolbox.
2: And but George Lucas had a lot of technology. <laughs> and look where that got him. Oh, I mean, that's, that's exactly Billions. the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, 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 the point
3: is, for me is that you can have a beautiful game with amazing technology and have it feel very hollow and not, not be a lot of fun.
2: Or suck, it could suck. Yeah. Well, Sorry. that's, the, that's
0: is... the less diplomatic way of saying it, yes.
2: <laughs> oh, coming to me is not a safe place, is it?
4: <laughs> no.
3: And I guess we do have one uh, announcement for Recon, something that hasn't been announced on, on Room Escape Artist, and also neither on realityescapeconvention.com. Oh, exciting. And that is our first, the first speaker we're going to be announcing
2: is Nick Moran, formerly of oh. Time Run. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're going. Oh, I hope people could hear you. You should make sure that you lower us yeah. while we're going. Yeah.
0: yeah, I will make sure of that.
2: <laughs> oh, I want to meet that guy in person. You-
0: oh God! Oh God! You haven't I- met Nick yet. Well, he's met him over the podcast, and there was a lot of trolling going on there. (laughs) Nick is the king of
3: the trolls. Uh, I
0: know. It was like we put two trolls on the same podcast together, and it was, uh, oh, God. I'm just imagining it. It's going to be crazy.
3: (laughs) Nick's posts on the, the Escape Room Enthusiast group are hilarious. And I used to think, Lisa and I, we both used to think that Nick was drunk when he posted them. Uh, we would laugh when we would see him. We'd be like, "Oh, Nick's drunk again!" It turns out Nick barely ever drinks. Um, that is that is him sober. He is just uh, he he has he has a delightful mind, and, and and hilarious and odd things come out of his mouth. <laughs> but he is um, he is one of the escape room creators that we respect the most. Um, that in in, in our. In, in our travels, we, you know, we meet and we speak to so many wonderful, brilliant folks, and Nick is, is just really in the, in the top tier from our perspective, um, both in his, his thinking about how he, how he creates games, but also, and most importantly for, for us and for, for Recon, his ability to articulate these ideas and to share his knowledge is, is top-notch. And that's what we really want to, to put, you know, that's the type of person we want to be putting on stage.
4: He's a truly eloquent speaker and also a very funny one, not surprisingly. Yeah, and, and he's also done things in this space that many people haven't and many people are looking to learn from.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know how many people in North America have heard of or gotten a chance to play the Time Run games, uh, but they... And, and they are not around anymore because their building got torn down due to oddities, that,
0: landlords.
3: Yeah, weird th- weirdness. Um, but their the the original Time Run games were spectacular. Uh, they the puzzles were great, the sets were amazing, the tech was fantastic, and the story had, the story had so much character. Uh, they were funny, they were dramatic, and you know, they are, they're just wonderful creations.
2: And we really think that a lot of folks are going to learn a ton from Nick. Speaking of creating games, I heard you had your hand in a creation that made it to TV. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So create the escape. Uh, The pilot episode aired this past week. On what? the Universal Kids Network, and it is now streaming. Uh, my understanding, I know Americans, can, at least in the United States, people in the United States can definitely stream it. I've heard mixed results out of Canada and not so <laughs> I good.
0: definitely can't. You couldn't,
3: but Erica was able to, so I don't know what that's about. Oh. Maybe she has a VPN. Yeah, she probably has a VPN. She, she said she didn't have a VPN, so oh, I, I, don't know okay. what, uh, I don't know what, uh, I mean, She's just a magical being, so maybe she's special. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Create the Escape. Uh, I got a chance to work on this um, with, uh, with with a number of other folks from the escape room world. Uh, Juliana and Ariel from the Wild Optimists. I believe they've been on on the Divas. They they're the they cre- have. They're the creators of uh, es- uh, um, Escape Room in a Box. And uh, so I got to collaborate with them. And um, Hilary Manning, Manning, I always go go blank on her last name. Hilary Manning, who used to be the manager of Escape the Room and then also beat the bomb in New York. Uh, She was on camera. She's Uh, also a
4: very well-traveled escape room player.
3: Yeah. And she she was delightful uh, and just worked so well with the kids. And so, yeah, the concept behind the show is that kids are creating an escape room for their parents to play. And I got to work behind the scenes and kind of help set creative direction and uh, and, and work on puzzles uh, with this incredible crew. There were a ton of people involved. I don't know how much more I'm really allowed to say, so I'm not gonna say too much beyond that.
4: But I think you can say sense. that it had some really interesting challenges that most escape room designers don't have to consider.
3: Yeah, um, like
4: like, like, <laughs> like being on camera. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean basically the I mean the the biggest ones are that you know you need to make stuff that looks good on camera. And what's That's what I was going to say. And, yeah. you know, like a fourth wall. Yeah. But really what's what what plays well in you know traditionally in an escape room and might be really fun to to solve is not necessarily what is, you know, what you need to make it look like something like action is happening
2: on TV. And so I bet you watching people solve a logic puzzle is not interesting, (laughs) just like doing them. (laughs) There are are ways to make it
3: happen, Um, but you just have to you have to shift your mindset. And um, Mm. and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I had designed puzzles before this was my first time being, you know, tangibly involved in the design of, of, of an escape room that, you know, other human beings got to play. And, nice. um, it was, it was a really satisfying, fun experience. I'm thrilled with how it came out. Um, I was, I was, frankly, I was really nervous just cause you never know how it's gonna look on TV. Uh, but the, the reaction from, from, from. All the folks I've spoken to um, was fantastic my my parents loved it, and they aren't exactly big escape room fans, and um, I don't have the type of relationship with my parents where, where we beat around the bush um, We're all very direct with each other so um, yeah they, they they were very blunt and
2: uh, and and they they, they 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 enjoyed it quite a bit well, that's great. I know you can't talk about it too much, but Hopefully, people can find it, uh, and if you're in the America, you'll be able to watch it. Yeah, and, we have uh, a
3: post up about it on Room Escape Artist, and if uh, yeah, it, we can also yeah, make today's
4: sure today's post has the link in it.
3: Yeah, we can make sure we share that with you so it can go up with the uh, with, oh, with yeah. the
2: podcast. And uh, you've been on TV a lot, it seems, or maybe I just keep seeing you on TV. <laughs> it's uh, just like this is how many times you've been on TV now. Well, I mean, really, just just twice because
3: i wasn't on with i wasn't on the tv show in it for 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 create the escape i I think
4: i I think our biggest tv appearance most recently was cbs sunday morning
3: yeah oh yeah
4: Mm. not most recently that was our biggest tv appearance that
3: was a big one yeah um ever
4: yeah yeah, so how did that come about?
0: Uh,
3: I guess that that started with uh, I got a call from a producer from CBS Sunday Morning, just kind of wanting to get the lay of the land on escape rooms, and we had like a fifteen minute call scheduled, and we ended up speaking for over an hour. And at the end of it, he had you know he 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 had explained that David Pogue, who is a he's 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 one of the personalities on 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 cbs sunday morning he also writes for the new york times and all sorts of other things that he had gotten really into escape rooms and that he had pitched this story and he wanted to you know he wanted to do one and so at the end of my conversation with the producer they asked if lisa and i would be interested in being on camera and uh we we said yes that was a a confident yes (laughs) (laughs) um so we ended up going out to Trapped in Stamford, Connecticut, which uh, is a company that we're really big fans of. Uh, and we recorded in one of their rooms.
4: In we, Time Chasers, which is an awesome room. Yes. Um, so we
3: passed Golden Lock-in award winner.
4: Yeah, we played a bit of that room with David Pogue and with the camera crew, and we... Did an interview in trapped. Yeah. We,
3: we we fake played Time Chasers because we had played it before, so we were <laughs> yeah. pretending like it was our first time doing this.
4: Oh, what is I think this? this thing
2: goes it is here. a lot that goes in different directions. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's in there. So, but yeah, it was so yeah. So we, a lot of it was fun.
3: It was fun. It was it was funny, kind of like having to try and not look awkward while we were playing a game that we had played before and more or less remembered how it worked um and and then we we shot probably about 45 minutes worth of interview with
4: and then we just kept chatting to them with them even after the interview was over like yeah they were great they
3: were great we had a great time i think well
4: because
0: as you said like he's he's into escape rooms right yeah so he must have been like this is great i could have there are other nerds to talk to about this. Yeah, it was,
3: it was a lot of fun. And um, I think maybe 20 seconds of the 45 minutes that we had recorded of, of conversation made it in. And the, sec- the, sections that <laughs> the segments that we, we knew the second they happened that they were going to be going in. Um, it, it was like
0: you're in tandem. Yes. Yeah. Which that was a great that. Little moment. <laughs>
3: that was not planned, not rehearsed. That, that happened honestly. And we were like, okay, well, that's, that's getting in.
4: That's the type of thing that happens in our life a lot. Yeah. We say yes at the same time.
3: <laughs> it's true. That's
4: a good thing.
3: Yeah, so that was a ton of fun. And um, I grew up watching CBS Sunday Morning, so I was just over the moon that we got to do this. I really liked their mm-hmm. segments, and they, they, I think they did a really nice job representing the escape room world. Which is always my number one concern whenever we get approached by anyone in in anything, whether it's, you know, whether it was Create the Escape or, you know, any of the the print pieces. You know, we our number one goal is just to make sure that the escape room world is represented well, um, that they're representing safety properly, that they're not teeing it up as a big get rich quick scheme and you could open up an escape room with ten thousand dollars in a dream and we're you know, we really put a lot of effort into trying to kill those news stories and make yeah. sure that stories that are much more reflective of the industry and where it's going are, are are what's being created.
4: And we know that people went to escape rooms because they saw that segment. Yeah. Because yeah, they told escape rooms and the escape rooms told us.
3: Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> that was
4: cool. <laughs> Side note,
0: speaking of, yeah, like the, oh, anyone can do an escape room with like, yeah, $10,000 and a dream. I had a friend who t- uh, messaged me earlier in the year and her boss had bought some property and he's like, I'm going to turn it into a voiding venue. And her response was, that's a terrible idea. You should do an escape room because that will make lots of money. <laughs> and she messaged me and said, what do you think? And I was like, oh God, no, we do weddings, <laughs> weddings.
3: Yeah, I, I mean escape rooms are wonderful, and you can make a lot of money with it. But you ha like you have to be wanting to make the escape room first. Like it's it's kind of like the restaurant industry where it's like if you're if you you have to really want to be making food for people. Like that that if you if that's not the first thing that is in your mind when you're like I want to start a business, don't start don't start that business. Like any like heavy labor. You know, unusual hour business. You know, there's also service. It's a service business. You're, you know, customer facing. Like, this stuff is hard work. It's really hard work. And, yes. I, you know, I, I don't want to encourage people to
2: get into it if they don't have the right mindset to succeed. Or even if they're not business people or can find someone yeah. who is a business person.
3: Yes. Yeah. I mean you have to have the right mindset and you have to have the right skills. And there's a lot of different skills necessary to to get one of these things going. And then the other thing that's a little bit unusual is that the the skill set that you need to keep it running and to grow it mm-hmm. is different from the skill set that you need to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there are that many people who 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 fully think that through before they get involved. And so, you know, we try to you know, we can't cover all of this stuff in a, in, a, in a in a in a single newspaper article or something like that, and we also don't have control over what the content ends up being, but we can guide these writers.
4: And we did speak with a lot of writers this year who were very invested in creating pieces that were going to be an accurate and healthy portrayal of the industry. Yeah. So print media, but also on the internet, we did that too.
2: Yeah. And so, how many how many interviews have you done then? Do you think oh, gosh. this year? I, I I couldn't even
3: tell you. It's it. There was a while where it was at least one every every two weeks. There
4: was. Oh uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, we also some of we do a lot of media that you've never heard of. Small paper from here. Somebody who's in school for journalism, like. Some of it is is small, but then we also did Vox, which was a huge piece that came out this summer. Mm. Um, the New York Times—that was this year, right? I think Not it was. Last this year. Year. Yeah. yeah, New York I Times. I think I remember that I one. Yeah, New York Times was this year. Yeah. It might have been last year. Yeah, there were two actually. One of them might have been this year. Anyway.
3: Yeah, there's there's, <laughs> there's been there's been a lot. And a lot of them are small like local papers where they are you know, an escape room just opened up in their town and they're just they're they're covering it and they're looking for a, a, a quick hit piece on like what is this thing. And and a lot of that is just getting on, you know, is, is just making sure that they understand how to communicate about you know what escape rooms are and what escape room safety looks like. That they're not representing it as saw. <laughs> or something like that. Like, a, a lot of these are, you know, really quick interviews where we're just answering a couple of background questions and, you know, we don't even get cited in them or something like that. Um, but it's it, it's just making sure that, that things are being communicated appropriately.
0: Yeah, you're like the escape room advocates. Exactly.
3: Yes. We, we, it was... it was Ambassadors. Rachel, Rachel, yeah, Rachel Sugar had... Uh, Rachel from, from Sugar, from,
4: who's the writer from for Vox... Vox um, Yeah, she
3: she she described us in there as escape room ambassadors uh, and
4: cheerleaders. Yeah,
3: cheerleaders and critics. Yeah, and and that like we kind of wear all those different hats. Like we're we're our goal has always been to help push the industry forward and grow it in a healthy way, Um, and that's you know this is just one part of that.
2: Have you been on a lot of podcasts?
3: A few, but not that many. Uh, Oh.
4: Not that many. We did, we We, did on board games.
3: Yeah, we did on board games. I don't know if that was this year or last year.
4: Oh, I don't know. The years blur together.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's been it's been a long time. Wow. It's
0: been like five years. It's been
2: five years now. Five years.
0: What? It was
2: five years you know,
0: since we started this crazy And I think journey. every time
2: we have a podcast, we reminisced back to the first year. So we're not going to do that this
0: time. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that this time.
2: What, Errol, you don't want to talk about scrap?
0: <laughs> Errol's just going to, or he's no, just going to No, just the rub first it time I
3: met
2: face. you. Don't it. we always talk about that every time we have a podcast with on? I know.
3: It's, it's,
0: oh,
3: maybe. Yeah. I know. It, 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 it's, it all keeps changing, but more recently we've just been having a lot more fun looking, you know, looking forward because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, the early days had, had a lot of excitement and a lot of energy, but you know, I'm really honestly into what's happening and, and the directions that this is morphing in. And it's, it's really exciting to see games made by people who understand how to do it versus the early days where everyone was just making it up.
4: And games that are yes. influenced by so many different backgrounds and yeah. you know, that bring different things to the table and work well, and it's cool.
0: Yeah, I find that the amount of experimentation going on, like sometimes it's been subtle, but I've noticed, yeah, there's just people are playing around with more ideas now.
3: Yeah, and I I would rather play a game that, makes, that fails miserably in a lot of ways even while, while it's trying to do something really interesting and engaging. Um, and we've
4: played a number of those this year. They're yeah. interesting.
3: Yeah. It's uh, exciting. Really eager to see that kind of stuff. And, like, the only way that anyone's going to learn how to push this forward is by tripping and occasionally falling on their face. And, like, that's okay. That's that's part of it. And, and I, for me, it's playing a game that I, like resonates with me, makes me feel something, even if it's like, oh man, I, 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 I see where it was going. It didn't totally work the way they wanted, but that's cool, and I, I really respect it.
2: Hmm. I I experienced one puzzle that I absolutely hated doing, but at the same time... Just one? Well, no, no, but at the same time, this is a process puzzle that I couldn't that I thought was oh that's really cool. I really like how it forced all of us to to do it. Oh okay, I know. But it, yeah. but I and that rarely happens with me. But I also hated doing it at the same time. <laughs> but I couldn't completely trash it because I really liked what it made us do. So I I found that very uh i found that
0: conflicting yeah
2: if, but I enjoyed. It. if we were playing the room escape
3: divas drinking game then we would definitely have to drink when errol said he hate, hated a puzzle
0: i know he's like <laughs> there was one puzzle like really just the one that you hated
2: i'm a horrible person i think it was yeah I, oh, I already said i'm a horrible person too but we i we they they started up on slack uh what would errol hate and I think it was Nevin that said, Yeah, I did a room. Errol would hate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I. Every, every, like, I don't know. I've known Errol for a few years now. And he always, like, claims to be a jerk. And every time I'm like, No, you're not a jerk. Like, I don't actually think. But this year it was, like, the first year where I was on the verge of actually. <laughs> you're kind of being a jerk right now.
2: I <laughs> mean, with you, with you? Or no, just... no,
0: no. Just like when you're when you're like giving feedback and stuff. <laughs> <It's> like...
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but so I was like
0: completely thinking it. it was like on the verge of like, yeah, maybe, maybe I've been wrong.
3: I have a question for you guys. When,
2: when yeah. do you choose to give feedback in person versus not?
0: Oh God.
2: Oh, well, if somebody asks me, maybe I'll give feedback. I, the thing is, it all depends on whether or not I have the energy to argue with people. <laughs> so if, if somebody, if I, and also how, for example, I know I'm, I'm very, I get very, I, I get very passionate about certain things, but I also know in the back of my mind that it doesn't really matter uh, the nuances and the minutia of trying to make a perfect puzzle in the end if I find that if if everybody likes the game or if I think you know the, like 90% of the people think this is brilliant then then that's fine you know and I I'm not really going to hammer home about certain aspects like you know if somebody puts like yeah this thing is an anagram and I'll think, oh absolutely hate anagram Aww. and I sorry don't take that personally <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> But you see, I hate anagrams if there's no reason for there to be an anagram. For example, anagrams that you find in cryptic clues, I think are brilliant because at least you're clued to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it's just going to be just sitting there for no other reason than to make it more difficult because people are solving it too fast, and then it then it drives me mad because it's just like just throw this blockade in for no reason just because we're lazy and we can't come up with another way to make it fun you know in the puzzle hunt world that's like it's it's still lazy design just make it an anagram right Uh, even in puzzled pint they had they had a rule that don't just throw it in if you have nothing better to do so anyway sorry i'm going on so
0: you you asked a you asked a question (laughs) i did (laughs) i did (laughs) oh man but
2: but,
3: so the the answer is impulsive is is, is what it sounds like.
0: Well, for, for myself, actually, I will like for myself, like yeah. If somebody asks, I will give them my feedback. But at the same time, I find it very difficult to give feedback immediately after i've done a room I, I will give them my i know you don't uh by the way warning to owners out there if you do ask errol for feedback if you ask him what you thought what he thought of the room he will tell you if he hated it like <laughs> and he will tell you in those words i hated it and well, no if only if
2: i do hate it
0: only if he does hate it though otherwise I... he'll say what he likes to but it's very rare that uh or like he'll say, I liked it. Other than that puzzle, that was trash. And like you know, but for myself, like I kind of need a little bit of time as well to digest what I've done. I think gut reactions are important because it is, you know, you're having that reaction for a reason. But I I do need to think over in my head like all of the factors. You know, who I was playing with, how I was feeling that day, uh, and and really, things will come to me when. You know, like little little bits of the puzzles or the story will come to me like, Oh yeah, that. I forgot about that. So I usually like to email afterwards as well because um because I'll have had time to actually analyze it in my head by that point.
2: You know, I think I'm always analyzing puzzles while I'm doing them. Maybe that's why. And and when I was in Seattle, I I enjoyed almost every single room except for one. And a little bit of two. So Yeah, that
0: was the one where you were like <laughs> <laughs> whoever designed that <laughs> So we did like
2: 14 we did 14 I know, and so I know. only two of them
0: i know i'm teasing you right <laughs> Harold doesn't hate everything
2: and i i don't actually there are a lot of things i like and i think it's hard because sometimes i just don't want to convince a person like no this is this is this is why i mean i there's this one time i was just talking to an owner explaining him Explaining to them, look, I I understand where you're trying to go to, but that doesn't make sense. It's I gave an example where there's a puzzle. I give an example of one of my 13 rules where the solution was to rub something for a very long time, and it was a you know it, and it's a clock and and you nobody rubs clocks. <laughs> nobody in their right mind thinks to what's a correlation that I do with clocks and rubbing. So, Nothing. So, Errol, er- you're, you're telling me that, that no one else has that fetish? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Thank> you, David.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and I find that with some puzzles, they'll say, this is a cool correlation, they're going to have to do this to this object, but you don't normally do that to that object, and so nobody makes the connection, and they think, why doesn't anybody get this? Because that doesn't make sense. And so, and I try to tell people that, and they go, well, no, no, but it's a. That's why it's a puzzle. You just have to guess. And it's like, oh, it's driving me insane. Yeah, that's not a puzzle. Anyway, sorry.
0: Errol, <laughs> a Errol, is, it's just Errol is like Grandpa Simpson shaking yeah. his fist at clouds right now.
2: But so. then where I've seen correlations <laughs> that are brilliant because they make sense, and I love those. It's like, oh, you know, it's like when you see House do the, uh, or, you know, you see this in, yeah. you see those aha moments in in detective movies and medical dramas all the time, but there's a correlation between the two. It's like, say that again. Yeah. Yeah. What did you just say? Nobody ever says that in the real world. But, you know, when that happens, they've made a correlation because there is one, as opposed to try to try to match two completely unrelated things like turkeys and mandolins, right? You know, nobody puts those two together. Maybe uh,
3: You're, you're making it. me feel really self-conscious because like, that's exactly where my mind goes. Yeah, you're turkey, I immediately <laughs> think mandolin. <laughs>
4: thanksgiving without a mandolin yeah i i don't know
0: what you guys do in the u.s there so maybe this is like a, some cultural difference that we're not aware of but you know
3: uh, i i asked because our our answer was always very similar to man pans which was like if someone asked for feedback our immediate response was always you know we're bad at immediate responses um you know, but what we'll write the review and we're, we're happy to talk about the game in as much detail as you want after it publishes um, but like i more recently really in the last year kind of came up with an, an adapted rule which is that for one thing i will give unsolicited feedback if it's a health and safety issue um, mm.
4: mm-hmm.
3: if i see something that i think is dangerous i will just tell them but the and it just doesn't happen that often um, but what i realized is if somebody is asking us for general feedback, or what did you think of the room, or did you like it? Like, did you have fun? Yeah, did you have fun? Like, these broad strokes <laughs> questions, that to me is not a question that is look, seeking an answer. Um, That's I, like I, when uh, someone
4: says, how are you? And what they meant was hello.
3: Yeah, and they're not really right. looking for you to like, tell them about like, how your dog is sick, and you know, you, you, like, this, your toilet is broken, and like, just hear about all the things that are going on in your life. Like, they just wanted to say hi. Because um, I think a lot of game masters and a lot of owners, when you when you exit the room, there is a reflexive, like, did you have fun? Which is not actually a question seeking an honest answer. But if an owner or owner, designer, game master asks us a specific question when we come out, like, hey, this puzzle hasn't been working the way that we wanted it to. Like, what do you think about that? I will give generally an answer to that question because that to me is like that's an honest question where they're acknowledging that thing like something isn't right and they want feedback on that. And they're not just looking for an affirmation or saying it reflexively.
2: Yeah, I find most people want that validation, and then yeah. I'm just there to crush their souls because I'm a mean person. So yeah, and I <sighs> and, and but the the honest truth is, if if someone is asking
3: for general feedback, like I I really we don't have it immediately. Like no, when, we
4: have. Well, to, that's your that's your review, right? yeah. and That's and we have the general to do feedback. What you said, Amanda, and we have to think about it mm-hmm. and take it in, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think. You know, early on, we used to write our reviews immediately because... This was very early on. very early on. But, I mean, we were less busy, and we were really excited about escape rooms, and we would, like, come home and start writing and publish. And then we ended up with reviewer's remorse many times. Uh, Well, not that many, but it It did happen. It
3: happened a couple times when we changed.
4: And it happened in both directions. It happened with publishing something that was really positive and realizing... A couple of days later, that actually there were a lot of flaws in that game that we overlooked because we were so excited about something. And it happened the other way, where we were really harsh on a game because we were really upset about something because Errol would have hated the puzzle, but actually <laughs> a lot of it was good. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and it's true that if we sit and, and think about it and talk about it and reflect on it a bit more, we feel we, we end up in a more balanced place. Yeah.
3: But also for me, and I—we've never actually talked about this. But like, I don't know how if if you think about it this way, I don't actually go in and look at a game as a reviewer while I'm playing it. Like, I'm not generally analyzing the puzzles while while I'm playing.
4: I only do it in one type of game.
3: And what is that? Can you guess? Oh, the bad ones.
4: Nope.
3: Uh, I don't know.
4: In the horror games, because <laughs> oh. it's my coping mechanism interesting that's how i that's how i play horror games is by playing them as a reviewer and analyzing the horror along with everything else as a reviewer while playing but otherwise no i don't do it either yeah i just play them because i like to play them
3: yeah occasionally like if there's a lull and the game is really beautiful like the set is really beautiful or the tech is really interesting like i i will definitely kick into like curious reviewer and like go and start feeling surfaces and looking at you know at 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 you know whatever tech is visible, if it is, um, but for the most part like, I really try to just go in and be player David, and then it's only after we play the game and we're we're sitting down at you know at, at at a bar or you know coffee shop or something talking about it
2: that I try to kick into you know like reviewer David. I think for myself, because when I try to solve a game, I look at the whole puzzle structure right because you have to work backwards and then so when I'm looking at the puzzle structure I can see how it fits and then that's probably when I get incensed because I can see like why, why are we doing this because that wouldn't really make sense if it's you know if it's but if it's a great game then, then I have fun but for the most part I mean that's also another reason why I don't do anything for the first five minutes because I want to play I don't want to sit there like and-
4: literally
0: play <laughs> I
3: mean, also your, your shoes aren't going to take themselves off
2: <laughs> no <laughs> I want to have fun as well and so and i want and you know and let everybody else have a chance to get their teeth wet with doing the game because yeah because then i can play around and find things and you know i don't spin around a pole
0: yeah (laughs) i don't actually know if um if i analyze while i'm in the game i think i think like you david i at least i I try to actually enjoy the game as much as possible, but I do definitely have moments where I'm kind of both solving and experiencing um, and then on the outside kind of analyzing it. And I think it's actually my years as a theater reviewer. It's just a switch. I can't turn off puzzles. I will never analyze in the moment narrative. I always do Uh, when I do theater reviews, when I did theater, like you, we, we studied the narrative structure so much and when i was like you know when i'm looking for it in there but I, it's almost like background noise to me now but it's constantly there i'm constantly like in the back of my head being like okay here we go climax and now falling action and yeah it's uh, weird
3: i for, for i for, i'm really good at suspending my disbelief and just like Going with an experience, which anyone who's ever played anything that has any kind of role play aspect to it um, can attest to, like I will get totally lost in in, in things. Um, I will snap out of it if something is really bad and just or just like things are overtly not working. Then I start to figure out, okay, well, why is this not working, or what were they going for? Like, yeah, that, that's
4: that, oh, that's exactly yeah, it,
3: yeah. that. <laughs> that'll happen. The other thing that will actually snap me out of that is when something is so freaking cool that I'm like oh I can't believe that like they made this which happened in the observatory at uh, the gate escape in Lemonster Massachusetts which if you're coming out mm. to recon you should go out to Lemonster Massachusetts and play I want to um, I want to there's a moment in the observatory where the, the creator Rini um, was game mastering for us while we were playing and um, like we, f- we kind of figured something out and something really remarkable happened and I I think it's probably the first time I've ever, only time I've ever done this, I just shouted out to him and I was like, Rini, you're a madman. Um,
4: <laughs> it was a great moment.
3: Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think there, and like also happen, similar things happened like in the dome or in the end in, in the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, where something is so cool that it's like, okay, I, I actually, like this has actually taken me out of the experience because it is that cool. Uh, which is an interesting thing.
2: I know. I think I'm spoiled for that, for the observatory, because I got to see it before it was created. You might be, but oh. you should still play it anyways. Oh, no, I'm still going. Don't remember, because I remember when I, I mentioned it on the podcast that, okay, this room is going to be amazing. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. my goodness, I right? Yeah. I remember seeing it, I, and I thought, oh, that's going to be amazing. That
0: I do like getting immersed into rooms, mm. for sure. Me too. Like like i i even a uh, horror i'm so easily scared i don't have to be if there's somebody more scared than me in a room i'll usually like <laughs> brave up and stuff and 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 just turn off the immersion for a bit but otherwise i'm a huge scaredy cat and will totally be willing to be that scaredy cat and you know imagine that uh, a ghost is actually going to eat my soul or something oh.
4: but <laughs> i love when we play with people who are more scared than me <laughs>
3: I just love playing with and making sure that someone in the room is overtly and loudly scared.
4: That was a realization that we had at some point that might have been this year.
3: Yeah, it was this year
4: about playing horror games. Is that if the entire team is terrified, it doesn't work. But if the entire (laughs) team is not phased at all, it also doesn't work.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. You, you, that's
4: need, yeah. you
3: need someone who's afraid, so that the people who aren't afraid can be heroes. And
0: so we're providing a service. It, it, it is more. absolutely
3: a service, <laughs> and so like we we kind of go out of our way now to make sure that we're playing horror games with someone who is going to be afraid. But
4: I am always going and to be not- afraid. I've just learned how to cope.
3: You have gotten way way cooler in horror games.
4: Yeah, it's it's easier now.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you saw Lisa in a horror game five years ago, I mean, just getting her in the door was hard. And now she, you know, she, she's she's pretty cool in them. She won't go first, but that's okay. That's my job.
2: What's your kryptonite, David? If you had a kryptonite in an escape room,
4: oh yeah.
3: Ooh, what is what is it? What would you say is my my weakness? Aside from math, does math count? Oh, um, I think math balance? could count. Yeah, balance. Balance is not great. If I need to be balancing on something, that's that's uh, m- my feet aren't. Don't get thrilled with balance stuff.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Lisa's gotten better at horror, so maybe it's not her kryptonite anymore. I mean, you're you're pretty useful in a horror game now. I mean, you used
3: you used to be for, like just furniture.
4: Yes, I was <laughs> totally not useful in Zoe at all. I solve no things.
2: That my my daughter is useless in in anything horror or darkness. Yeah, she just gets scared with darkness. She
0: just clings to whoever's nearby. Yeah,
2: Mostly. so I just send her over to Amanda. Just hold on to her arm. Yeah.
0: And then of course I get scared because a hand out of nowhere comes and grabs my arm. Then- <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, we we have a friend who we we play with. I haven't played with him that that much recently but um, especially in the early days we played all the time and he was perpetually the scariest thing in any room we played if it was a horror game (laughs) he he was just constantly but it was
4: him like Freaking out loudly about something that was scary. Like, he so th- became scary by banging something because he was <laughs> yeah. scared. Something, or, like, something
3: that was not that scary would startle him, and then he would, like, freak out and slam into, like, a filing cabinet, and that would make a huge noise. And, then and
0: everybody f- freaked out. Yeah. That's good. Speaking of, well, I guess, speaking of rubes that we've played this year and stuff, your Golden Lock Awards are coming up, right?
3: Yes, the rebranded Golden Lock Awards. Branded. Oh, they're rebranded. Yes, they oh. used to be
0: Golden Lock Inn. Now they're Golden Lock. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh. You know, we killed the wordplay because um, we just didn't feel that it was a post-Poland Day an appropriate uh, thing to to name an award. Um, yeah, so we're just going with Golden Lock. And uh, but we
4: will be awarding them this year on Saturday, January fourth. We've moved it to a Saturday. Yep. We can have a whole Ooh. event. We're gonna do a live stream, just like we did last year.
2: And now you are more experienced with live streams, and so yeah, isn't isn't tech fun? Yeah, the future is fantastic. Everything just
4: works. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <sighs> I told you, it was I was so shocked when I went to the first time we went to Transworld, and I was really impressed with their AV people. Because they gave us four mics and they all worked immediately. <laughs> I was like, "What?" We also want to play something on our phone. Yeah, yeah. just plug this in and it worked. I was, I was blown out of the water just how easy it was. I think that's every single never happened. Every
3: single stage appearance I made uh, at a conference this year had some kind of AV failure. Every yeah, every single one.
2: I used to do music and play at all sorts of conference centers and and never have I ever experienced it where it just all worked and it was just, it just blew me away.
0: Never should have never have I ever, <laughs> never have I ever had sound problems <laughs> at uh, a music concert. I,
2: I had, I had
3: so much trouble with the, with the projection system at, uh, at Eric, which was a fantastic conference by the way. Um, but the, yeah, the system that, uh, that allowed me to stream to, to, to the, uh, proj- to the projector in the middle of my talk just kept like blipping in and out. <laughs> and uh, I actually think it was Nick who had described my, my talk as he he, he said that I was rolling with it really well. And then it turned into this like endearing man versus machine uh, scenario.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I, I'm glad it came across that way. I was just trying to roll with it. Um, but Oh boy, it was, it, it was a struggle. And it was partially my fault. This was the first time I had put together a talk that had particular animations and that I really needed my own machine for. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my defense, the, the animations were, in fact, hilarious.
4: It's a great animation. <laughs> it's in a blog post. You can yeah. all go looking for the blog post with the animation. Yeah,
3: it's on, it's on Crawl Spaces. We'll, we'll, we can share that with you, too.
4: Ooh, yes, please. <laughs> But yeah you, can you, see these you epic animations. you can
3: see animations of a uh, of recreation of me of, of me bashing my head in
4: you're spoiling it
3: uh but there it's
2: true I did just spoil it but yes um,
3: <laughs> but, the, but
2: oh don't talk about rooms now <laughs> but yeah earlier
3: this year I, I had an experience where i you I, had
4: an experience that warranted an animation
3: i, I really really bashed my head in good. <laughs> mm. I was very happy when I actually got back up from it.
4: <laughs> we were all very happy. Yeah. Oh, God. There were yeah, a lot of rooms on that trip.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I just, I felt my, I, I felt my whole spine compress, uh,
2: <laughs> and, and, I, and I hit the floor. It was, it was rough. Oh. It was really rough. Oh. But, um, yeah. I know, I don't think it's a very impressive when I tell my friends my escape room injuries
0: <laughs> What, what you, escape room injuries have you had?
2: Oh, I bumped my head once and it was and I could, I I, I it was one of those oh I could feel my spine compressing cuz it like destroyed my neck cuz it was Ugh. yeah. Yeah. It was, I, it was all sorts of things like that. I've had
3: I've had two head injuries. I had that one where I I, I kind of hit my hit the top of my head while going through a crawl space and and kind of like yeah. pressed it into my spine and then the other the other really good one was uh hitting my head on a maglock lock uh on, oh on, on a, wow on a low door and uh i i i think i very nearly gave myself a concussion on that one
4: my worst escape room injury i totally gave to myself because i wanted to beat you <laughs> and we did win <laughs> That's, but that's... not because of that injury. I really shouldn't have bothered.
3: Yeah, that yeah, that was true. You had you had a bruise on your arm for for like for 2 weeks. Ever. Oh, wow. It yeah. was a
4: competitive escape room and it was very important. Yeah. So, if the escape room was going to beat me up while I tried to do this task, I was going to let it.
3: That that was
2: your most glorious win by by far.
4: It was, but not because of the part that beat me up. Shouldn't no. have done that.
2: So, it's 5 years later. Is there is there any insights that you can think, or you, or even things that you're looking forward to? I know you seem to have like a billion things on the go, and I bet you all of them you can't talk about except for the conference and other things. But I don't know; it it doesn't seem you are slowing down. No, we just keep speeding up because we're insane. Yeah, no. I would say if
4: anything, we're speeding up. Um, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, we we have we have a a bunch of things in the works
2: that we actually cannot talk about. You called it. Um, but you know recon really is the thing that we're just to we're, let you know, I think last right. year when we had our interview, you had a bunch of things in the works. I know one of them the has works. been in
3: the works since last year.
4: It's still in the works. One day yeah. we'll talk about it.
3: Yeah. I'm really hoping we can talk about it soon. Maybe we'll come back. Who you knows? Every year it will not year, it will not be, like, be another year. I can I okay. can promise that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah, we, we've we've had a we've had a product in the works for a while. And that's that's really all that I can all that I can say is we, we and we learned a lot designing it and then we redesigned it two more times, uh, which is why everything has been slow. But yeah, we have yeah. something coming out for players. Yeah, we, so we've but yeah, re, we Recon have, is, is really re, what's recon getting. Recon
4: is the big thing. We are running another tour this year. Mm-hmm. So we have
2: Oh, that's right!
4: Right, we have right, a tour right. to Montreal coming up this year.
3: We have another. We have a second tour that we're going to announce.
4: But that's not yet announced. So but it's, stay tuned. It's
3: coming real soon.
4: <laughs> really soon, <laughs> will we have another tour announcement. <laughs> <I'm next. laughs>
3: Montreal is almost sold out. It's our biggest <laughs> tour yet, and we're real excited about it. And we have a wonderful group of people coming. We, uh, I think we, nice. have, we have all of the Guinness record holders coming as well.
2: Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, oh. I know, I know
0: Haley's coming too. Yeah,
3: right? yeah, yeah. I think
0: yeah. everybody's gonna There's be There's a lot there. of folks I'm, coming
3: on this
4: one.
0: I might oh. just plan to be in Montreal during that I, weekend. When is it again? When
4: is it? Um, it, um, in May, May oh. 31st to June 2nd.
2: Yeah, I should just train it up. You, yeah, you guys are. Absolutely
3: welcome. We'll be having—we haven't planned it yet—but we'll be also throwing like an enthusiast meetup for for locals, and uh, we'll we'll have a gathering at it um, while we're there. And we would love to have you guys come by. I as would totally special go guests. to the gathering.
0: It is shockingly easy to get to Montreal from where we're at. Yes, so I yeah. would
2: totally do that. I think I will have done all the rooms by then, so I would happily go up and meet people. No. Definitely love to have you there. The feeling might not be reciprocated. No, no, no. It's it's reciprocated. You know we love. Oh, I you mean, guys. I mean, like you know, Rich Bragg will probably think, "Why do I have to meet him in person?" <laughs> you haven't met Rich in person yet. No, I haven't. There's a lot of people I haven't met. Oh, in so person. you you don't fully you
3: don't fully understand how how gigantic Rich is,
2: or his beard. Yes, <laughs>
3: although he sh- he shaved it
2: oh that's right that's right i remember there was some talk a long time ago it was just all about his beard for some reason but yeah i do i have seen pictures and he towers over people so yeah he is he's is, yeah. uh he's a yeah. giant puzzle solving human
3: bear
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> man bear pig man bear
3: puzzle or man, 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 man bear <laughs> solver that's it this man bear solver <laughs>
2: He solves man bear puzzles. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. He's a man bear solver. I see a man and a bear. I'll puzzle this through.
3: <laughs> he is a delightful human being and, yeah. a, and a phenomenal teammate.
2: So many people. Oh wow, that'll be great. Oh, I'll be happy to go. And so, how many other like enthusiast events have you done as well? How many did you do throughout the year?
4: Um, about six. You still do yeah. those too? Yeah, right? we did a bunch. We did. A couple in New York we have a pretty regular uh, New York escape room and immersive meetup. yeah the
3: everything immersive meetup we do that quarterly
4: um, so there's gonna be another one coming up in January to be announced soon and then when we traveled to different cities throughout this year we hosted meetups just with the community wherever we were we did one in Austin we did one in Denver um, I think there were others. There's
2: one in Boston. There's
4: one in Boston.
2: Yeah, you followed me to Boston. Oh, yeah. And then you followed me to LA, yeah, right? How weird was that? <laughs> there
4: was one in LA? Was yeah. that this year? <laughs> yeah, there was
2: one in LA. Yeah, long
4: we,
3: long. the one we hosted at Hatch. Yeah. Um,
4: um, yeah, We, as we've been traveling around, following you or not, we've... <laughs> 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 yeah, it's been really fun to, um, to host these meetups, and we get creators and players and designers and owners and dabblers and escape room curious folk. You know, people are coming at this from all angles, and that's been tons of fun.
2: Yeah. Could you imagine if I met you, well, if I told you way back at the beginning and said, this is what you're going to be doing in five years. You'd probably (laughs) call me crazy.
3: (laughs) Honestly, when we started Room Escape Artist, the well, first of all, Lisa thought I was nuts.
4: I did. I thought he was crazy, but I liked him.
3: Yeah, we were. Ju- we had just started dating. We. Uh, he told I,
4: me he was going to write. He was going to start writing a blog about this, and I said, "Do you even have enough to write?"
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I thought that escape rooms were. I I, I was really confident that they were going to become a big thing. What I was wrong about was the timeline. I thought that we were going to put out a post or two a month for like seven years while they were this niche nerdy underground thing that nobody heard of and then within a few months of us starting the site every like it, it the momentum started the the industry started growing next thing we know we're getting calls from cbs news and newsweek and we're you know we're we're on TV and in print and the website's traffic is growing exponentially and this map that we had started that was we thought was going to take no effort is literally eating Lisa's <laughs> life it took
4: my life, I was like, I, you know, David's writing, writing about things, so I was like, I like the map
3: Yeah, as <laughs> I like data it, you know, so we, we started off uh, like in this, in, it, you know, with really thinking that we would just be kind of like covering this underground like cult following thing and and then it became something totally different. Like I, I thought it was gonna get here, but I I thought like maybe 2022.
2: <laughs> wow, yeah, we just we just did a podcast because I wanted to talk all the time, and then it just kept going.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Errol's always gonna rub that in my face. I was I was in the Lisa camp where I was like, are we even last like ten episodes? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and we're still here.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
3: it it's takes fun.
4: both types of people to make something keep going. Yep. Yeah. It takes many types of
0: people. So yeah, as you said, you guys had a crazy year. It has been a crazy year. I did two trips this year. It's crazy. Um three trips technically for escape rooms. Yay trip, but Escape traps, but thank you so much for for joining us again for our annual tradition. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having us. Yay! Can't wait for recon. That's going to be awesome. Uh, us too. And uh, yeah, don't um, don't die with all the projects you're doing from exhaustion or anything like that. Just you know, oh. keep on, we're, keep on going. We're having
2: too much fun to die. <laughs> Will there be a photo booth at recon? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want a photo booth. <laughs> I want to take selfies and like, photos. With to make Errol
0: happy, put a photo booth, a popcorn machine. Oh, oh,
2: oh that's a great idea. <laughs> I, I can tell you, that we can't do
3: a popcorn machine because oh, so all food oh, ha- would have true. to come from the caterer associated with the uh, with the venue, and I, I suspect it would cost us a small fortune to put that. But if you want, Errol, if you wanted to sponsor. The pop, a popcorn machine oh, there
2: are sponsorship opportunities I'm sure
0: his family understand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> popcorn by the divas wouldn't that be oh. hilarious with all the money it's
0: just like a, a cartoon picture of Errol in the front just shoving popcorn <laughs> into his mouth or something and, yeah.
2: you can have some from my bag Not too
0: many. anyway just to reiterate again if people are interested in recon or the Montreal trip they can go to roomescapeartist.com I am guessing to find out more that is correct correct okay um yeah thanks again for coming and until well as far as the podcast is concerned until next year
3: yeah
4: yeah thanks for having us
3: thank you so much
0: yeah room escape divas is brought to you by inverse genius you can go to inverse com to find other fun podcasts Ah, frig david Give me a Tim Tam. Uh, <laughs> uh, just like this one, whatever it is. Uh, email us, through escapedivas at gmail.com. We love getting the emails. And if you go to the Facebook page, click the like button. Twitter, hashtag Ari Divas. This one really went off the rails. Tim Jams. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.